everyone, and welcome to a fantastic new episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a wonderful event to be sharing with you today, and we're so excited with the company that is bringing it to us. Joining us today, we have the Executive Director of IndieSpace, Randy Berry, the Managing Director of the League of Independent Theater, Amy Todorov, and the Director of Arts and Culture for the 14th Street Y Theater, Akia Squiteri. They're all involved with Indie Theater Week, which is happening June 26th through July 1st in Queens, Manhattan, and Brooklyn. And you can get your tickets and more information by visiting 14thstreetwhy.org slash Indie Theater Week. We are so excited to be bringing you Indie Theater Week here on New York's number one independent theater podcast. So with that, let's go ahead and bring on our guests, Randy, Amy, and Akia. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you. I'm so happy to have all of you here, Randy, Akia. It's so great to have you back. Lovely to always see familiar faces. And we are here to talk about Indie Theater Week, which is so exciting. First of all, it's a new week that I had no idea existed. So I'm all buzz, like, wait, what? This is a thing? And second of all, to have all three of you to talk about it, this is incredible. So I want to just dive right in and I would love to ask you all to first tell us a bit about Indie Theater Week. And Akia, would you be the best person to go ahead and kick? Sure. I mean, it's it's a group think, but I'm happy to kick us off. I might be mixing up dates, but Indie Theater Week was something that started on a grassroots level in the early 2000s and I think was happening on an annual basis for about 10 years. The New York Innovative Theater Award slash foundation was sort of the the leader of creating all the activities and it was very similarly it was sort of came together as a community-led events of things that happened that were happening in the summer and it was a way of unifying the downtown community and really collecting people across boroughs across organizations and happened in a really organic way the first year and then continued and every year sort of built upon that due to a variety of reasons it just sort of fell off the tracks for a bit and this year again of a similar way it's just sort of organically our three organizations were having different events across boroughs really highlighting and celebrating the downtown and independent theater community and the three of us Randy, Amy and I were, were talking and we're like hey we should probably collect and let's let's reboot Indie Theater Week and it just feels like the time is right to do that there's been a lot of transition in our organizations in our positions we've all worked in a variety of ways across the field in New York City theater and in the time where we're at as art makers in the field coming out of COVID loss of values transitioning leadership in different organizations still in, you know, economic 
recovery time period for our field and for our artists, it just felt like a great reset moment to tap in with each other and tap into our community and not only celebrate the resiliency that our community is so known for and so great at, it also just felt like a good time to look inward and, and be like, what are we doing? What are we collecting? And let's ask each other questions about what we need now. And I'll let Amy and Randy add to what I might've missed in that overview. Akia, that was a great overview. Thank you for that. I want to jump in as the managing director of the league to add in the idea that the NYIT awards, the New York Innovative Theater Awards have been such a stalwart way over the years for this community to gather and celebrate. And one of those transitions that Akia mentioned is that the NYIT awards have now come under the umbrella of the league. We have taken over operations of those awards. It's something that is one of those pandemic shifts that happened. The former leadership of the NYIT awards has transitioned to different living situations, different working situations, but it was really important for everyone that these awards continue. So the league has taken over the awards as part of our advocacy. We are a, a business league promoting the interests of independent theater and the NYIT awards are such an important part of raising the visibility of independent theater. That is an event that has been scheduled out for quite a while over a year, we've been planning the honorary award ceremony that's going to happen on Monday, uh, the 26th of June. And then these other wonderful activities started popping up. We saw Randy and Indie Space having their party and Akia is doing such exciting things, bringing people into the 14th Street Y space that it really was a natural organic realization that, hey, we're all doing things. Let's do something collectively. Let's bring back Indie Theater Week because we are at somewhat of a crisis point in the state of Indie Theater. And when there's a crisis point, that is really the opportunity to gather together to create some momentum around a consensus and let that lead to collective action that helps all of us move forward. I, I love that. I love both of those insights there. Randy, I want to bring you in now, and I want to ask, what has it been like developing this year's Indie Theater Week? Well, fun, because anytime I get to work with Amy and Akia, it is fun. And <laughs> it's been it's been a whirlwind. We've This came together very quickly because of the variety of things that we've all been doing together. And I just wanted to add one point to something that Amy just said. We do need to come together. And the last time, or one of the last times that we came together in, and there was a convocation that was put together by Martin Denton, it created the League of Independent Theater, which created the Lit Fund, which created the Indie Theater Fund, which created Indie Space, right? Like, so when we come together, big things often happen because we're responding to the voices of the community and what's needed for the community. And so it's super important at this time of transition that we're, that we meet and we see what the next thing is that artists feel is necessary for us to move forward as a community. 
So it's been a lot of fun to put this together. Amy, Akia, and I work together all the time because there's so many crossovers between the work that we do when we're supporting the same group of people. So it's been fun and fairly seamless. And we hope that it's going to create an energy and an excitement in the community that I think we all really, really need an uplift and a moment of peace and connectivity and joy to celebrate the things that really are working and work towards not having to be such a resilient community all the, t- <laughs> all the time. We are resilient and that's a wonderful thing. And we're rough and tumble and we'll scrap with you any minute, but like, you know, not having to be so resilient all the time would be really wonderful. You could use a break. You could use a little tag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Akia, I want to ask you, could you go into a little bit more detail about what this year's Best Theater Week has in store? Sure. So as Amy mentioned, we're kicking Indie Theater Week off on Monday the 26th with the New York formerly innovative, now independent theater awards, honorary awards. Tuesday, we are having the Indie Theater Convocation and Theater Open House here at the 14th Street Y. And that is a conversation that will hopefully collect Indie theater makers and arts organizations that generally support and provide administrative support support to those makers. So really, we want that to be an interactive dialogue. On Wednesday, we have the Indie Space Anniversary Party. And then closing out the week, what we used to do was a softball game in Central Park. But because the rapid fire in which this all came together, we weren't able to get a ball field. But we were able to get a swimming pool. So Saturday, July 1st, we are closing out Indie Theater Week with a pool party here at the Y for 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Saturday, July 1st. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday of next week, the 26th through July 1st, is Indie Theater Week. And we are covering three of the five boroughs. One of these days, we will get out to Staten Island and the Bronx. We're working on it. But we've got three three of the five represented. And I don't, I, I want to let everybody have the opportunity to talk a little bit more about their events specifically. So I'm going to bounce it over to Amy to pitch Monday night. Ah. Thank you, Akia. Yeah, Monday night is shaping up to be a really exciting event. They are the New York Independent Theater Honorary Awards. We are giving five awards to luminaries in our community. We've done a lot of work over the last year in terms of listening sessions, bringing in new committee members to hold on to what makes the NYIT award so special, but to also move them forward into our future. And part of what that is going to be as we reset and grow is for the next few years, we are going to be only giving the honorary awards, which are pulled from nominations from the community. And we are thrilled with this year's honorees. You can go to our website to read all about them. The event starts at seven o'clock at Brooklyn Art House. It is a brand new indie theater space. We're thrilled to bring people into this new 
place that has studios and rehearsal space and a cafe so the independent community can really find a, a new low-cost home there. At seven o'clock, the doors open. People can come in and mingle. The performance begins at eight o'clock. We do have a streaming option, and I am going to let you all know right now that we're very close to being sold out for the awards. But you can also stream, and I encourage you to because we have fantastic performers that represent the diversity of our community in terms of artistic styles, in terms of demographics, in terms of the people that are really out here working on the ground, including newly announced, you're the first to hear it, we have just booked Caridad de la Luz from the New Yorican Poet Cafe, who is going to create a live poetry piece in the space for the indie theater community. So uh, right that, we're having musicians, singers, clowns, comedians. If you can't get a ticket, I encourage you to stream it. You're still gonna have a lot of fun, but go to the, the link and you may be able to grab the last few seats or so in the house. That sounds amazing, wow. Brandy, do you wanna tell us more about your event as well? Sure. Our event is on Wednesday. So Amy's is on Monday. Lit is on Monday. The convocation is on Tuesday. Indie Spaces anniversary is on Wednesday. So Indie Space is celebrating the, um, the actual to the day wedding anniversary of when our or two organizations, the Indie Theater Fund and Indie Space, merger married last year. We had a big wedding last year at Chelsea Factory. It was a huge celebration of the community. It was so much fun. And the boards of directors of both organizations said vows to one another and committed to the community and to each other to serve indie theater in the most equitable and transparent and responsive way possible. So that event was just fun and we wanted to do it something similar again. It really is just an excuse for us to get together. This event won't quite be the, at like the wedding. This is more a beer and pizza party to celebrate our first year as newlyweds. We uh, have been joking. It's like you, we got married and now we're saving to buy our first home, which is true. And so we're having, we're going to pay our friends that help us move into our new home with beer and pizza. That's the kind of, I'm going to stretch this wedding theme as long as I possibly can so I don't have to think of anything else <laughs> for a while. And so it is going to be at Culture Lab on 46th Avenue in Long Island City. They so graciously donated their space to us. They are our space partners. It's a very cool gallery and performance space in Long Island City. I'm so happy to be doing an event in Queens where I live. Queens is my home. It is $15 at the door, but we have a number of comps that we're happy to give to artists that are not able to do the 15 bucks at the door. The $15 includes beer, pizza, salad, sides, a lot of yummy stuff to eat. And then we have Nancy No Good is a, our drag MC, and we are doing a community collage with the incredible Scooter LaForge. Scooter is an amazing visual artist, and he'll be taking, the first year anniversary is the paper anniversary. So we're asking all of our attendees to bring an, a significant piece of paper with them, either a program from a recent show or a napkin from their favorite restaurant or a piece of wallpaper from their home. And we're going to take all of these pieces of paper and Scooter's going to make a community collage for us at the event. 
We are also having a flash tattoo station. People can get tattoos at the event. We'll also have indie space temporary tattoos if you're not prepared to actually tattoo your body at the event. But it's just going to be fun. It's an opportunity for us to get together and to celebrate the work that Indie Space has been doing for the community and to celebrate the community that Indie Space works for. I love that. And to any of our listeners who that might sound familiar about, we had Vishanti Brown on to talk about that party a little while ago, or she mentioned that party when we were talking about one of your grants. And we did mention the first anniversary of the paper party. And I was like, well, come on down with your cash and your checks, but maybe don't come down with those for the the collage, you know, that would be- Well, yeah, we'd like to take the cash actually. (laughs) Yeah, not put it on the collage. Collage the cash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Vishante actually is going to be doing some, she did some cool carvings so that we can do a printmaking station at the event. And so we'll have some stamps and carvings that she did that people can make their own stationery and take that home for free and postcards and things like that. Just ways for us to interact with the paper, the paper bit. Anyway. And then we'll be back next year for the cotton. And I don't remember what the, my third wedding anniversary is coming up. I should probably figure out what the third year is quick, fast, in a hurry. This all sounds amazing so far. We've got an award ceremony. We've got a pool party. We've got this awesome anniversary wedding party with tattoos and collages and a drag MC. This is a fun-filled week. Oh my gosh, this is incredible. So the event that is happening on Tuesday at the Ildi Theatre Convocation and our theatre open house. And in full disclosure, this event was originally just supposed to be an open house of the theatre. I'm new here at the Y and I, I'm always surprised at how many people don't know about this space. It's a 125 seat black box theatre, fully ADA accessible and really reasonably priced. And we're going to be curating and doing co-presentations. And I'm so excited to be reinvigorating the space so it was originally like we're gonna have an open house put out some reception you know a little reception get folks to meet our staff get a tour of the space and then really over the past four to six weeks it really shifted to something else which is really a direct response to the conversations that were happening in the online space you know, the public theater announced the hiatus of putting under the radar on hiatus, the new Ohio announcement, our friends at Frigid announced leaving the crane in December. We've been noticing there's just been sort of a struggle for reviewers and listings. And there was a lot of conversation happening in the digital space. And then this really just shifted to let's have a conversation, let's have a town hall style discussion with each other, let's get off of our computers and our handheld devices and have a face-to-face conversation that is both a listening session for those of us that are in support roles and administrative roles, and also just to hear the shifting landscape of, you know, as I said before, of what do we need in this post-pandemic landscape? How are we responding to the loss of values that are beloved and have been part of our you know, legacy for a really long time. And let's just get in a room and come up with some solutions and offerings and questions. And it's a real opportunity for us to all come together. And as Randy and Amy said, when this community comes together, amazing things happen. So that is happening. It's a free event. We will be announcing soon who some of our panelists and and 
folks holding space and listening will be. So keep your eyes open on the website and social media. We'll be announcing names of other folks in addition to the three of us that will be in the space. But that is at the 14th Street Y Theater at 14th and 1st, Tuesday, June 27th at seven o'clock. We do ask people to make a reservation if possible, but walk-ins are welcome. We'll have some light refreshments and a cash bar. And then if folks need accessibility and access, there's an email on the website. So a Zoom link will be available by request and by requirement as, as needed. But we're really encouraging people to come in person. And then, as I mentioned before, Saturday, July 1st at five o'clock, there is a pool party to close out the week of celebration. So just wanted to pitch those two events. So thank you. So going along with that, I'm just curious, and, and, and Amy, I'm going to ask you this. Is there a message or a thought that you're hoping that attendees will take away from this week's activities or festivities, I should say? I'm personally really hoping to hear from people. I want to hear what is on the minds of the community, what we need going forward. As Randy mentioned, the first indie, indie theater convocation was in 2008, and the world has shifted radically since 2008. So some of the assumptions that we're working from with, with what our organizations do to support, maybe we need to check back in on those. Let the community tell us what they need. But I'm also really thinking about Marshall McLuhan said that artists are a distant early warning system that lets the larger culture know what is coming. And if we truly are that distant early warning system, which I believe we are, then we need to amplify our voices because what we're saying is that the way we currently work as a society is unsustainable on multiple levels. So let's get everyone together in a room. Let's figure out what this warning is that we need to send out to the rest of the culture, figure out how we can support that figure out what the actionable steps are to move that forward and motivate the community with, with one unified voice if we can. Yes. I love that. I love that. Andrew, I did want to just acknowledge the fact that what you are doing is a big help in pushing this conversation forward. And we need people like you with your podcast that is amplifying our voices. It's, we couldn't do anything without you. It's so kind of you. Thank you. Well, I want to wrap up the first part of this interview, Randy, by asking you, who do you hope have access to this week? Any and all indie theater makers and indie theater lovers. You do not have to be a theater maker to come to any of these events. If you are a theater lover and a supporter and an audience member and a patron and a donor and a reviewer and a funder, you should all be coming to all of these events to see the magic that happens within this community and to hear what we need in order for us to survive. So I hope everybody that is listening comes to all of these events and supports these organizations that are trying to make, you know, push this community forward. So everyone, the answer is everyone. <laughs>
now for the second half. Let our listeners pick your brains a little bit. And I'm going to throw our listeners for a little bit of a loop and start by asking all of you, have you seen any great theater lately you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I'll go ahead and jump in. I recently saw the Women in Theater Festival at the ARTNY Spaces. Beautiful Spaces incredible festival. There was a show called Yoga with Jillian performed by Nicole Biancasino and written by Leah Romeo. That was a fantastic live experience. You could perform yoga with her on stage or you could opt to not do that. But it was just one of those live experiences that had to happen in theater, in a small theater that needed to be in an indie sort of space. And even though that festival is closed, the show is coming back to East to Edinburgh at 59 East 59. So hopefully you can catch it then. I'd also like to give a shout out to all of the arts programming happening at the Ba Art Space in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Art House. They have programming every day of the week. That's amazing. I love that. I'll go. It's one I haven't seen yet, but I'm super excited to see it. And it's, it's one of those shows that like I've been following. So Lizard Boy that Prospect Theatre Company is doing over at Theatre Row. I got to see the workshop in Scotland, in Edinburgh at Fringe last year. And when I was working in Seattle three years ago, it was started developing the down, like the, the equivalent of the indie downtown theatre space in Seattle. So I had like been exposed to the soundtrack in Seattle. I went and saw the workshop in Fringe. And now I get to see the off-off Broadway show here next, well, First week of July, because I got to get through Indie Theater Week. So I'm really excited because it's one of those shows that I've been following for multiple years. And I'm excited to see what it looks like now after they've been workshopping it for a long time. So, Lizard Boy. I'm doing, I wouldn't wanted to mention one, the same that I've been watching small pieces of over a number of years is In Corpo by The Assembly that's coming out that also has, I've seen musical numbers. It's there a musical that they've been working on. I think they did a musical number of it at an indie space brunch in like 2017 or 2018, which I'm excited to see. I have not seen yet. And then, but the most recent show that I saw that I just was really loved was the Cotillion. I mean, it's a longer name, the Cotillion. I can't remember the whole name, the Harriet Holland, Social Club presents the 84th annual Starburst Cotillion in the Grand Ballroom of the Renaissance Hotel by the Movement Theatre Company. That also I saw recently and it was just one that really stuck with me and that I was excited about. Oh, fantastic recommendations. And some of those are actually on our schedule to go see. So I'm so glad that they're getting great marks from all of you. And I'm like, great, look forward to that and that. All right, we made good choices. I want to now ask all of you our favorite question to ask guests, which is, what is your favorite theater memory? And Akia and Randy, we've had you on before. Could we get another of your favorite theater memories as well? It's such a, I I feel like I probably said this last time I was here. I don't know. I feel like every, almost every theater memory is a good theater memory. Like I, you know, I, I think most recently, my theater company sort of, I think it's a great synergy story. So my theater company, Rising Sun, I, we did our first main stage production 
for the first time in three years, post-pandemic, here at the 14th Street Y, and I was interviewing for the job that I have now while directing a show on the stages of the theater where I work every day. So, like, that was a weird and really cool process to be creating work on the stage of the place where I now work full-time. So that's a really cool memory. And just the, the process of returning to making theater, it's not so specific as one memory, but like coming out of Zoom theater and coming back to, and, you know, it wasn't always, you know, sunshine and rainbows. There was definitely days where I was like, was it always this hard? Like this, who, you know, like coming out of, uh, the pandemic of doing two shows in a wrap. We did we had two shows, Proud of Calamity, and we did a three-week run. And it was probably the most ambitious project we've done of doing two full main stage shows together for a three-week run. And it being the first time we're doing a show in three years out of post-pandemic, there was days I was, you know, questioning my own sanity of why I made such a choice, <laughs> but was also really, really happy and proud of like the resiliency of everyone coming together and just also remembering like, oh yeah, this is why we do it. They're like getting through dress rehearsal and getting these plays that we were in relationship with since 2017 like we had been workshopping these two plays and you know we were supposed to do in 2020 and then 2021 and then 2022 and then we finally got there and just like the journey to like the first time we read the script and everything we had to go through to get where we were of just being able to like have opening light felt like such a victory and such an accomplishment just like oh my gosh we did it six six years we've been talking about these pieces so I think that was my most the closest memory I have of just like those the opening light of those two shows just felt really good and really exhausting but really good. <laughs> I love that love that yes who would like to go next that my favorite memory from theater which is just popping up in this moment. It's very on brand for the League of Independent Theater. But I'm remembering speaking with State Senator Gustavo Rivera about our endorsement process and whether or not we would endorse him in his race. And he started improvising policy to the tune of the Circle of Life from The Lion King. And even though it did not take place in a theater, it was an incredible theatrical moment that showed how deeply theater touches people and how, how theater can come in the most unexpected places. That's just something that I'm always going to remember when I think about the work that the League is doing. But there's also just too many incredible plays and moments to really shift out one that would be the forever favorite. But today I'm thinking about the Senator. <laughs> I love that. I would have loved to have heard that, that political sales pitch there. You know what I mean? That, that's how to win me over. <laughs> and I feel like I should add that he did get our endorsement <laughs> and he did win his race. <laughs> right. well, Randy. Um, yeah, I think then I'll riff off of my colleagues and their theater memories as, as, as it relates to their current work, because I think the last time I just talked about theater memory of being in the theater and watching something that moved me. But for me, with Indie Space, it's been one memory after another that kind of floods back when I end up in a position to support theater makers 
that I admired and hoped to work with as a theater maker myself. And the first person this actually happened with, or really just that I was aligned and working with or for and in community with, was when Susan Burnfield ended up as the president of the Indie Theater Fund's board. Because as an artist, I had a theater company of all women and we were, you know, totally, we were totally star, almost starstruck, indie theater starstruck by Susan and what she did for women in theater and how she created and made space for women in theater for a really long time in this city. You know, it's going on, I think, 30 years for them. So I remember getting to work with her in this context and feeling like so excited that we could work in partnership with one another and that also the work that we were doing could end up supporting an organization like New George's or many other companies. But that's happened one time after the next. I mean, the assembly that I just mentioned, we were residents together at Frigid, at, which was just horse trade at the time. Akia too, I think we were residents maybe at the same time. And now these folks that I was in community with as an artist in that time, I'm now in community with as a service provider. And it gives me a lot of joy and pride. And it's an amazing memory for me to like have a callback for the time that I was working side by side with these folks or dreaming of working side by side with these folks and now am in a position to be able to make help them make their work easier which is cool full circle i love that that's amazing three amazing memories ladies thank you so much for sharing those those were wonderful I want to ask now, are there any other projects or productions that any of you or your organizations have coming on the pipeline we might be able to plug? For the why, you know, I think one of the things I'm really excited about, as, as I said before, is like reactivating the space. And I am really excited. One of the things Tuesday is to like hear what the barriers are to people making work. And I really want to make our space as accessible and welcoming to people. So we're, you know, we're going to be at the end of the summer opening our call for submissions for both our visual gallery as well as our theater. So I'm just really excited to like start reading people's submissions and proposals for work. That's super exciting. And then I'm also on a personal note, I'm going to Scotland for Fringe. I'm going to be seeing a ton of shows in August. So I'm I'm just excited to absorb as much art <laughs> over the summer as possible and hopefully help create or continue to create a platform and get as many folks on our stages here as possible. So I'm, that's that's what I'm all about right now. So Very cool. And Indie Space is just closing out. You had Vashante on here to talk about the little venue that could grant program. Those are $10,000 unrestricted grants. It's two-year grants for small venues in the ecosystem. And so we're, we have that. Those applications are open until June 26th. So you should submit your application and then head over to the NYIT Awards. And we also have just our open mental health grant application is, is there. And the only other upcoming thing is that we're closing the office for the week of July 4th. So that we can all take a break after the anniversary party at Indie Theater Week in order to rest and get ready for our programming for the summer and fall. Nice. 
And I imagine that some new projects will be born out of Indie Theater Week. Some new advocacy initiatives will probably percolate. But for the League of Independent Theater, we are gearing up for our next round of endorsements because there's no such thing as an off-season in politics. The elections are coming. And in fact, we are in the early voting period if you have to vote for your council member. Not every council district has a person up for election, but particularly if you're in District 9, you want to go out and vote because it's a hotly contested race for that uh, district in Harlem. We will continue our advocacy. We're also going to continue having listening sessions with the wider community about what the NYIT awards can be in the future. And we are starting to plan next year's awards already. It is going to be an ongoing process. So we are going to look at how we can tweak the submission process so that we can continue moving in this direction that we've been moving where we're widening the circle of people who even realize they're eligible. One thing we learned in the listening sessions that a lot of, of companies doing great work didn't even realize that they were eligible for these awards. So we're going to keep working on expanding that circle of access and expanding what we can do and, and tweaking the submission process so that everybody who wants to, to nominate someone can nominate someone and really tell the story of that indie theater maker. It's amazing. Wonderful upcoming things and things I'm sure we will all want to stay tuned for, which is a great lead into my final question, which is if our listeners want more information about Indie Theater Week or about any of you and your organizations, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you all, how can they do so? So all of our organization's websites have information about our individual programming, but we have created a one-stop hub where you can go and get information about all of the Indie Theater Week activities with links. So it's the 14th Street Y, so it's 14 Street spelled out y.org backslash Indie Theater Week. Or you can go to the arts and culture page and there's a drop down menu for indie theater. But if you go to the 14th Street Y, go to arts and culture, all of the information about indie theater week and all of our individual organizations with links to tickets, more about the events and more about all three of these organizations can be found there. And you can also follow us all on social media. If anyone is interested in the League of Independent Theater, we're always happy to have you stop by our webpage. It's litny.org. And you can find information there about the awards and about Indie Theater Week. But I want to encourage everyone to go to the hub landing page because that's really is the one-stop shop and all the information is there. So 14th Street Y backslash Indie Theater Week. And if anybody is interested of course, as, as Amy and Ikea mentioned about this event, 14th Street Y, but for our other grants and programming for Indie Space, you can visit our website, which is indiespace.org, indiespace.org, or you can follow us on social media, which is across, I think, most channels. It's at Indie Space NYC. Perfect. 
Randy, Amy, Akia, it has been an absolute joy speaking with all of you today about this amazing week ahead and just about all of your incredible organizations and all the work you're doing. So thank you all so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Andrew. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you. My guests today have been the Executive Director of Indie Space, Randy Berry, the Managing Director of the League of Independent Theaters, Amy Todorov, and the Director of Arts and Culture for the 14th Street Y Theater, Akia Skwateri. And they are all part of and organizing Indie Theater Week, which is June 26th through July 1st in Queens, Manhattan, and Brooklyn. You can get tickets for the different events and more information by visiting 14streety.org slash Indie Theater Week. And then we've also got some contact information and websites for all of our guests and their organizations that we're going to be posting on our social media, as well as on the episode description. But this is a wonderful week to get out and support Indie Theater. The weather, I'm sure, is going to be beautiful here in New York. This is going to be a lot of fun. We kick it off with an award ceremony. We finish with a pool party. It's going to be a blast. You want to support this. So make sure you head over to 14streety.org slash Indie Theater Week and join us for Indie Theater Week, June 26th through July 1st. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New York town met in a foreign land. One thing the praises of Cape. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.